In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Today, God isn't as popular as he once was. A growing number of people refuse to call on him. And yet today, his name is on untold number of lips. Even if it's only in the greeting of Merry Christmas. Trouble is, though, very few seem to know the God of which we speak. Our God is no different from your God is no different from my God, and it doesn't much matter how we get to him, or so the world seems to say. Some would even prefer to give God a feminine or at least gender neutral pronoun. The world acts as though God hasn't spoken, as though we need to put words in his mouth and determine God's gender for him. But we do not have a silent God. Unlike our false idols, unlike the gods of stone and metal and wood, our God speaks. God tells Moses, you cannot see my face, for no man can see me and live. And so if God showed us his face, we wouldn't just be driven mad or turned to stone. We'd be damned. The Bible says that God is a consuming fire. A consuming fire started by a frayed wire on the Christmas tree doesn't care whether it's Christmas or not. It'll devour everything in its path. If God deals with us as a consuming fire, we'd all be reduced to ash and rubble. St. Paul tells us in his first letter to St. Timothy that God dwells in unapproachable light. Not just a bright light, but one that blinds, that knocks you flat, that burns at the soul and causes sinners like us to beg him to turn away. Even the holy angels shield their faces from beholding God in all his glory. So since we cannot go to God, where his glory would destroy us sinners, God comes to us in his word. All throughout history, God has spoken. In the beginning was the word. He spoke and all creation came into being. When our first parents sinned, he came to them and spoke to find them, to call them to repentance, and to promise them a Savior. Through the ages, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to the patriarchs and prophets. Through visions and dreams, through angels and theophanies, even appearing at times himself. But now, as we heard in our epistle lesson, the writer to the Hebrews says something different has happened, something new. God has spoken in a way he never has before. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. And that's true. Even now, Even then of that babe in the manger, he is speaking. As the hymn, What Child Is This, puts it, 
For sinners here, the silent word is pleading. For although the baby Jesus doesn't open his mouth and preach a sermon, his very presence among sinners is a powerful sermon of God's love for you and me. Immortal, invisible, eternal God has become man. So today, as we celebrate with great joy the birth of Jesus, let us consider what God has spoken to us by his Son and his birth today. Today we sing with the angels. Today we wonder with the shepherds. Today we take all these things and ponder them in our hearts with St. Mary. And so St. John writes, In the beginning was the Word. John considers that Matthew and Luke have already given us the account of Mary and Joseph and the census and the angels and shepherds and wise men. And so on Christmas Day, the church turns to the gospel account from St. John to learn what it all means. In the beginning, it sounds like the beginning of Genesis, the beginning of a new creation. For this child of Mary, this word made flesh, the one begotten of his father from all eternity, is the new and greater Adam. For when Adam scorned and denied God's word in the Garden of Eden, he plunged the perfect world into darkness. And ever since that day, we've added to it. Our world seems to get darker every day. Even like the decreasing daylight as we approach the beginning of winter. Darkened with every temptation and every thoughtless word. Darkened with every betrayal and unpaid bill. Darkened by every hospital stay, every family argument, and every disappointment. Darkened by every death. Darkened by all the mockery and shame and accusation pointed at Christians and which we point at others. And so this suffocating darkness of the world wears on us. But dear saints, There is reason to hope this day. Take heart, the Christ child has been born. The Savior has come. Unto you are glad tidings of great joy. For although the child in the manger does not look any different from anyone else, this baby wrapped in swaddling clothes is the light of the world, the light which shines in the darkness the light that no darkness can overcome. It is he whom the prophets foretold, he who is the consolation of Israel. And yet, even for this eternal light, there was a time it appeared as if the darkness had won. For on a Friday afternoon outside Jerusalem, that light was snuffed out. Rather than being surrounded by joyous angel choirs, the light of the world is snuffed out as he is displayed between two mocking thieves and before the derision of a gathered crowd. While that first Adam sought out the darkness, seeking to hide himself from the light, hiding from the Father because of his sin, now this second and greater Adam 
also seeks out the darkness. But he seeks it out so that he might take all your sin. That he might be blamed for what you have done. That he would be forsaken by his father. So you will never be. That's where Christmas takes us. For without Good Friday, there is no cause for rejoicing on this day. Without the coming death of Jesus for you, there would be no good news of great joy, no light, no peace on earth and goodwill to men, no reason to exchange Christmas gifts. Our song this day would simply be a funeral march. Without Good Friday, all the event that happened at Christmas could have been true. The angels, the journey to Bethlehem, the birth and more angels, the shepherds and wise men, all of it could have been true. But all of it would have been for naught, for nothing, had Jesus not made purification for our sins. For the sin that separates us from God is real. And it would have separated us from him for eternity if Jesus had not come to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This Christ is born for the cross. And so instead of the punishment you deserve for your sin, the Father gives you Jesus placed on the cross, heaping upon Jesus all of your darkness and shame and guilt, and failure, and embarrassment. Every derision that flows from the thoughtless tongues of men, Jesus takes them all. And the light who was the light of men is snuffed out on Calvary's tree and laid into into a tomb. And just as his mother's womb could not hold him when the time for his birth arrived, Neither could that sealed virgin tomb hold him. On the third day he burst forth, the firstborn from the dead. So now your new beginning comes when you are born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. At the font and in your baptism, that is your new beginning, your new creation. John writes, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, or the darkness has not understood it. And yet the darkness keeps trying to overcome it, trying to get us to give in to it, trying to get us to doubt forgiveness, forget about forgiveness, ignore forgiveness, trying to fill us and our world with unspeakable horrors and tragedies trying to dilute this true teaching of God with all the different religions of our world today, teaching all manner of evil, trying to hide God in the midst of a world of reason, a world of science, a world of common sense, a world of evolving knowledge. Today's world may catechize you to believe that the darkness has won. But today's celebration tells us otherwise. Today we rejoice because that darkness cannot hold you. Soon when Christ returns, all the sorrow and death of this life will be wiped away. 
for the light continues to shine in the darkness. The light of the forgiveness of Jesus continues to spread into the world. People are baptized, the gospel is preached, forgiveness is proclaimed, and the body and blood of Jesus are received. And the light scatters the darkness. This child whose birth we remember today, this God whose love we remember today, did that. And he is doing it still. Through this child of God, we also are children of God. Through this son of man in the arms of his mother Mary, we are sons of God in the arms of our Father in heaven. Today Christ comes to his own, and his own do receive him. You receive his word in your ear, his body in your mouth, his blood down your throat, and his promises in your heart. So what the baby in the manger is speaking to us today is this. I have come to forgive you, not to ignore your sin, but to forgive it, not to pretend that your sin is normal, but to die for it. So no matter what this life may bring, no matter what trouble or trial may come today or next week or next year, you depart here having the true rest and peace of Christmas. Jesus, the word become flesh for you, and that will not be taken from you. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Merry Christmas.